I've got the disc right here, 1-800-555-FEAR. Sit back right down in your gaming chair. Brain scan. <laughs> Brain scan. <laughs> Trickster says we can kill if we can. You are listening to the Dare Daniel oh, podcast, everybody. Song parody hour with Corky <laughs> McDonald. <laughs> this is a podcast where you send us your most sinister movie dares, and we suffer the terrifying consequences for your sick and twisted, scared Daniel-rific amusement. I'm Corky McDonald, local comedian, and I'm a trickster god that's going to come through your TV. It's a movie reference. Just go with me on that. With me, as always, is film critic Daniel Barnes. Hi, everyone. As Corky said on this show... We do your dirty, and in the month of October, scary work by watching the most unwatchable and scary movies you can imagine. And then we review and rate them on our own unique and scary system. We give a run-of-the-mill bad film a dare, a scary dare, I might add, double dare to the truly atrocious and scary movies. And we reserve the quite scary reverse dare for those despised and scary movies that are actually pretty good. Eagle-eared listeners will know that today is a scary movie on the podcast. <laughs> it is setting the theme. <laughs> it is 1994's keyword stuffing brain scan. Dared to us recently by listener Scott. But before we get started, Daniel's going to tell us about the beer we're drinking during the show. So today we are drinking Joe Seshi, a session IPA from Tower Brewing. Tower recently rebranded as Tower. They used to be Sacktown Union. They're based in East Sacramento. This is a Session IPA, so it's low alcohol, 5%. A perfect blend of citrus, Simcoe, and mosaic hops, according to the can. Corky, your thoughts? Hey, I'm drinking Joe Seshi over here. Hey, hey, Joe Seshi. I'm Jim Brewer's Joe Seshi <laughs> over here. Seshi. I'm going to wag you with a fake bat over here. This is really good. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's very good. It's Tower good Joe Seshi. So before we get into this week's dares, we wanted to revisit The Warrior and the Sorceress. That's the movie we reviewed last time here on the Dare Daniel podcast. Corky. Yes. With the benefit of time, with the benefit of hindsight, that clear, clear clarity of hindsight, any any new revelations on The Warrior and the Sorceress, the 1984 sci-fi fantasy Western samurai movie starring a barely awake David Carradine and a naked woman. Yeah, the movie that we dubbed, aka Slow Jimbo. Um, <laughs> why is this movie called The Warrior and the Sorceress? Why, why is anything? Why is anything anything? In you could have named this movie A Town with a Well, <laughs> and it would be more apt. There, yes, there's a warrior in the movie. Yes, there are several warriors in this yeah, movie. Sure. Yes, there's a sorceress who uh, remains untopped the whole <laughs> Not time. The entire way. But that's just the most generic name for yeah. this movie it really is for a movie that's set on another planet and that has just all these uh, this mismatch of things but it really kind of gets to the just general lack of imagination at the heart of the film i think sure 
So now let's get into this week's dares. You are treasure listeners. You have been sending these to us via daredaniel.com. Visit the website, click the submitted air button. We will read it on the show and we might just review it in a future episode. And then you got that going for you and no one could take that away. And Dan is right now making the cha-ching, cha-ching noise (laughs) with his hands. Uh, You can also hit us up on the Facebook and the Twitters and the Instagrams and send us your dare if you want to do it that way. If If you're not on the whole submitting a dare through the proper channels kind of thing, hit us up, Dare Daniel Pod, on the social media. Corky, do you want to read the first dare? Sure. I will read the dare from... The honorary inductee into our Dare Daniel Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame Dare. The GOAT, Heather Smith. Her movie Dare is Kroll from 1983. She says, this is a story about a prince who is going to marry a princess, and a large Cthulhu creature captures her for some reason. It's really not important. (laughs) Squidman sends his plastic armor guards to capture the princess on their wedding night and have her brought to the castle that moves every night for some reason. The lead ginger must go and rescue this woman with the help of a large cyclops and a young Liam Neeson and some other hobbit-like men. The special effects are awful. You might catch explosive diarrhea from all the constant jarring cutscenes. It feels like it was made by someone who was on a lot of acid or a six-year-old telling a nonsense story that goes on and on and makes no sense, and you wish the kid would just get to the ending already. This movie is confusing and awful, so of course I love it. I hope you fellas will enjoy it too. Sounds fantastic. Thank you, Heather, for the dare. Yes, thank you very much, Heather. IMDb synopsis for Kroll says, A prince and a fellowship of companions set out to rescue his bride from a fortress of alien invaders who have arrived on their home planet. Alien invaders? I'm pretty much down for that in in all respects. Uh, Kroll sounds pretty great. It it does sound a little bit like the warrior and the sorceress in the sort of mix of a... yeah, less boob. Again, fantasy and sci-fi. I, I'm guessing less boob. You can't have more boob. No, you can't. There's <laughs> physically like impossible. No like, that's, that's as new as it gets, man. So thank you again, Heather, for your dare. Let's go with dare number two. This comes from Mr. Positivity Wolfie T. I think he dared us. Did we read his Norbit? Norbit. Yeah. Norbit. What do you got for us? He's got for us Big Money Hustlers. Big Money Hustlers. Corky, are you familiar with this Big Money Hustlers? I've heard of it. You've heard of it. You've never seen it. You've never experienced. Are you a juggalo? Why did Mr. Positive Wolfie T want us to watch this insane clown posse movie? He says, listening to your episode on Cool as Ice. Woo! Yeah. All right, everybody, wait Rec- a minute. Requiem for Ice. Inspired me to offer up a dare featuring a pioneering music duo. Mm, debatable. Big Money Hustlers is an homage, quote unquote, to black exploitation films of the 70s, starring the insane clown posse in full makeup. The film features J- Violent J as a crime boss who just wants his motherfucking money, with Shaggy 2 Dope as a master detective hot on his trail. The rest of the cast includes Twisted, The Misfits, Harlan Williams, Mick Foley, Porn Stars, Rerun from What's Happening, and the Ghost of Dolomite, Rudy Mary Moore himself, along with other random members of ICP's record label. Whoop, whoop, fuck this shit. I don't know if that's a reference to anything. (laughs) IMDb synopsis of what sounds just like the worst thing you can ever put your eyes on. (laughs) Just sounds so awful. It's New York City and the Crime Lord. Big Baby Sweets has got NYC around his finger. The NYPD is helpless, so the chief sends out for Sugar Bear, a 70s Dolomite-worshipping rhyming super cop from San Francisco, which is misspelled, to stop Big Baby, his magic ninjas, Hack Benjamin, 
And then this doesn't make any sense. It just stops in the middle of it. Whatever. Fuck. Fuck this movie. <laughs> Big Money Hustlers. That sounds like true torture. Yeah, that true sounds torture. like. In keeping with the spirit of the show, that sounds awful. There's also a sequel. Did you know there's a sequel? Big Money Rustlers? Big Money Rustlers, yeah. which is a Western. Yeah. And they are wearing clown makeup. The Good Lord. Why everything, everyone? Why does this exist? Why, everybody? Hey. Come on. All right. Quirky, how you want to do little, another one or you want to jump in? How about in a little more jug of no? <laughs> And that's my final word on that. And that's the final word. <laughs> so thank you, everybody, for sending your dares. Uh, thank you for reaching out to us on social media, letting us know what you think of the show. And also, again, we, we kid a lot, but thank you so much for everybody donating to the PayPal and help keeping the lights on around here. So now, without any further ado, your feature presentation, the Scott Allen Dared Brain Scan. Scott Allen's dare came to us as such. The film stars Edward Furlong, just three years after Terminator 2, would make him famous. The film itself has a great concept, a fully immersible video game experience, very ahead of its time. Also, though it went mostly under the radar and was panned by many, the film is original and entertaining. IMDb has this to say. A teenager is part of an interactive video game where he kills innocent victims. Later, the murders become real. So, yes, our movie today is Brain Scan, directed by John Flynn, who was not really a horror genre guy. He was more of a meat and potatoes revenge movie guy, best known for Rolling Thunder, bestseller, Lockup, uh, which I believe had Tom Selleck, Out for Justice, which is a Steven Seagal movie. So kind of a strange fit for this movie, which does star Edward Furlong, co-stars Dare Daniel favorite, Frank Langella. This is number three. Man. He was Dog in Cutthroat Island. He was Mr. Dog box in, in the, box. the Box. He was Fred Box in the Box. <laughs> Triple threat. <laughs> it was scripted by Andrew Kevin Walker, who would go on to write such films as Seven, Eight Millimeter, and Sleepy Hollow. It was not received well. Released April 22nd, 1994. And 1,221 theaters open in 10th place at the box office just behind the second week of White Fang 2, <laughs> Myth of the White Wolf, which is apparently a movie that exists. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Brain Scan went on to only gross $4.3 million at the box office. Critics were not too into it either. 21 on Rotten Tomatoes based on 14 reviews. John Flynn, apparently not a big fan. This is my favorite quote. Of Edward Furlong. He says, quote, Eddie Furlong was a 15-year-old kid who couldn't act. You had to slap him awake every morning. I don't want to get into knocking people, but I was not a big Eddie Furlong fan. But don't get into knocking people. <laughs> I don't want to get into I knocking just, people. Like, I just want to slap the shit out of him. I just wish the man dead. <laughs> Corky. Yeah. Tagline. For this film, which uh, does feature a 90s hard rock soundtrack that includes Mud Honey, White Zombie, Primus, Butthole Surfers, and so forth. The tagline for the movie, Brain Scan, an interactive trip to hell. My question to you is very simple, sir. Did you enjoy the trip to hell? <laughs> and are you planning a return trip? Well, the interactive trip to hell is paid and with <laughs> good intentions. We all know that. And have you invested all your money in CD-ROMs yet? Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on that. CD-ROMs and Samurai Cop quotes. I, Two things that we'll never depreciate. I think this movie could have been good. I think this was a, I think Scott Allen's got the right tack on it about um, 
written pretty interestingly. I, I, I like the concept of it. I think they were really prisoners of who they cast in this movie. And, yeah, and the, absolutely. I mean, like they say, Eddie, Eddie Furlong is a dud. Yeah, he cannot Boy, act. He is a dud. Yeah, and, and you get the feeling that they tried to shoot around how bad he is. Yes. Because he has a lot of scenes where there's another actor in the scene, but they are never together in the same shot. As though it was like, you can't have timing with another person. That's impossible. <laughs> I'm just going to shoot you, say your lines in a timingless vacuum, and we'll put it on the other guy and the editor to kind of figure it out in editing. Yeah, I really love that Scott Allen, he came to us not with a, I'm going to torture you with this, You're but right. more of a, I, I actually think this movie is kind of good and, and a little bit underrated. Yeah. And I, I do agree with you that there are some kind of interesting ideas kind of floating around the margins. There's some some kind of interesting stuff there, but Furlong is, is he's a little too much to come over, and it doesn't all quite come together. No, like, it doesn't. It really falls apart. You have Trickster in there, and his role in everything is is very vague. I actually thought a lot about, and this is spoiler alert for this movie and another movie that came out a quarter century ago. So hold your ears. <laughs> spoiler. Um, it reminded me of the game, how mm-hmm. it all plays out, and the David Fincher's the game in the sense that it it all can kind of be described as some sort of a suicide prevention mind fuck. Yeah, sure. Essentially, it's all set up as like Eddie Furlong's character is suicidal in the beginning. He's very dark. He has nothing to live for. And by the end of it, he kind of realizes the value in life and then and getting away from the macabre of horror and metal and so forth. Yeah. I, kind of like that scene in um, Fight Club where Brad Pitt takes uh, Edward Norton and they jack that guy for his money in the back in the alley and behind the thing right mm. and he tells him he's going to come after him if he, he's not bettering himself by tomorrow right 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 and when the guy runs away he tells himself he says tomorrow will be the best breakfast he's ever eaten yeah he will face each day with grace it's like or he has ptsd <laughs> or he can't leave his house and he's terrified and shit scared you can't predict that stuff but yeah, yeah this, this is kind of like of- Goes by that logic. I'm going to torture honestly. you. Yeah, yeah, it's a morality you're go play. Through like something hellish, and you're going to come out the other end like a new person. Yeah. There's also a lot of Hitchcock references sure. throughout this entire movie. Rear window. Not really done in a De Palma-ish way. It's not very stylishly done. There's not really specific reference, but there's a lot of kind of vague references, especially as you said to Rear Window, but also to Strangers on a Train and Psycho and sure. uh, Vertigo and a whole bunch of other ones. Anyway. Let's get into this movie. Let's go. Brain Scan 1994 Triumph Pictures. It's kind of jarring when you watch a movie that's several decades old, especially a low-budget movie. And you're like, okay, it's a low-budget horror movie. And it's like, wait, one production company logo? And then the movie just starts? <laughs> There's that, like, what a novel concept. I am so used to like start a movie, settle in for... 90 to 150 <laughs> seconds of production company logos, Absolutely. especially if it's an, an independent film. But no, just one, and then whammo, we start, and right away we get this dream sequence opening. Sure. So Eddie Furlong is in bed. He's sort of tossing and turning. He's covered in the f- weirdest, fakest-looking beads of sweat you yeah. could possibly ever have on your face. We get these POV shots from a hospital gurney. There's a car accident. There's a dead woman. There's an injured boy. There's this ominous music. The boy is crying for his mom. And then, wabow! Eddie Furlong snaps awake uh, and pulls the <laughs> pants off his leg and fingers the scar on his leg. So you know that, yes, of course, he was the little boy from the car accident. Also, Jeff from Rear Window, leg, 
Oh it's yeah, all, it's all there. But he wakes up to be like, "Yep, Scar's still there." Oh, oh, shit, yeah, I thought you guys still left. There. That was me in the dream. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so it's Eddie Furlong as Michael Brower. You only hear his name once in the movie, I think. Yeah, he is Michael Brower. Uh, he is a a horror and metal freak. He's a little tech head. Yeah, he's got this whole weird computer setup with like a video phone. He's disaffected. A Gen video X. assistant butler. Yeah, voice voice commanded butler. <laughs> it's like very out of named his time. Igor. Named Igor, who he just says like call this or that, and the video phone does. He's sullen, yeah. withdrawn, and Edward Furlong. Half of this movie is Edward Furlong by himself kind of monologuing yes. what he's thinking or flipping through a magazine. Yes, right. <laughs> but he gets a call from his friend Kyle. Who's no, all- his friend is named Stonebro Flame- Stone- Flannelwitz. <laughs> Kyle Stonybro uh, gives him a call. He's a uh, fellow horror metal freak. He's his best friend. So, of course, he greets him with, hey, sausage dick man, listen up. Uh, and he has news of an interactive CD-ROM. <laughs> interactive CD-ROMs, baby! What? what? That's crazy! In the pages of Fangoria. And it's the scariest new thing. And as he's describing this this game, which is called Brain Scan, mm-hmm. title of the film. But uh, What is the hero of our film doing, Quirky? He is surreptitiously filming the girl next door, <laughs> first watching. First just watching through binoculars. As she just lounges around in her bra in front of the window, then goes and takes, it's the most pointless <laughs> nude scene ever. And we just watched a movie where a woman's nude the whole movie. <laughs> this movie, I felt so creeped out. Because yeah. this actress is like 24, uh-huh. but she you can tell why the caster is a 17-year-old. Right, right, right. So, yes, he's spying on his neighbor, who is also a a teenager, taking videos of her. And uh, Kyle even says, how's Kimberly looking tonight? So we know this is like a constant thing. But then we also see that she knows that she's spying and and she's kind of into it. And they have this kind of weird flirtation through the video and through their, their whole thing. So whatever. I love the also the way that Kyle hangs up with them. <laughs> Buddies forever. <laughs> it's like, you're fucking dead. <laughs> you're dead. Don't say Buddies forever to the hero of a horror film. Anyway, so uh, Eddie Furlong, Michael Brower, he's curious about the brain scan. He's curious about the brain scan. So he calls about it. They give him what he thinks is just a sales pitch. And so they say it's the most frightening experience. It's more than just a game. And he doesn't believe them. And then suddenly he... Whammo, he gets whacked by some beam, like just some beam just whacks him, and he has like a seizure. The most effort Edward Furlong puts in in this whole movie, just shaking in his chair, spitting. So then the voice over the phone says, it's been decided, and he's going to get the disc, right? Yeah, Um, right. And that's just the end of that scene. So next day, or whenever, uh, we're at school now. And he's showing horror films to this his class. Yeah, it's like a, a bunch horror. of other stoner metalheads. Yeah, um, but there's a principal <laughs> who reminded me of Trump. He has very Trump hair. Yeah, he kind of bursts in and and busts him and takes him into this office where we find out he is watching a movie called Death, Death, Death Part Two. Is that a real movie? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. And it's done as like a what was this movie you're watching? Yeah. Death, death, death. Pause for comedy. 
part two. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> his monocle falls yeah, into his teeth. Exactly. He does. The principal does accuse him of uh, maybe smoking marijuana cigarettes, watching watching pornographic sex films. To which, uh, and then going out and raping people. <laughs> yes. To which uh, Michael replies, "Quote: Erections don't rape people. People rape people." One of the many subtle NRA messages <laughs> sprinkled throughout this film. No, I don't know. It's just a horrible fucking line is yeah. what it is. There are, there are several lines in this movie that you can tell they wrote and delivered like that's going to be some catcher, like some grabber. Whammo. Yeah, this is Mostly the one. delivered by Trickster and you're like, that doesn't make sense. That's garbage. That's nothing. That's just a thing in a vacuum. Yeah. But basically he's getting excoriated because he's, he's really into horror. He's really yeah. into the macabre. He get he leaves school and he mopeds home and on the way home he mopeds by an accident scene which flashes him back to the dream of his mother dying yeah and he mopeds and then skids hard enough that the detective on scene notices him <laughs> and who is the detective it's Detective La- Frank Langella Frank Lang he is did the, will we ever find out what this is this is just like a gory that's car right accident. no this is just a car accident huh? has everyone no time later in. is so like shocked by the murders but it's like no one reported on this crazy fucking car accident you just had a grizzly car accident pools of blood <laughs> in the street <laughs> like, no one was like uh eh, not too exciting for our sleepy little town thank you <laughs> He gets home and he starts leafing through the mail, right? And when he's going through the mail, he starts going, my father, my father, my father. As you do when you're sorting mail. Absolutely. You, you announce who it is Absolutely. the mail is addressed to. And then if we didn't get it, because that was almost a <laughs> yes. little subtle. It was that almost was too subtle. Almost subtle. Answering machine message from the dad. Oh, son, I'm sorry. I'm an absentee father. Yeah. Sorry, I don't love you enough. I'm sorry. Blah, 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 That's blah, That's almost literally the dialogue. Hey, it, son. <laughs> business. Absentee dad. Setting love the ya. themes. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then it's like. Is that enough? No, wait. Let's flash on some family pictures. Oh, and then those right. family pictures turn into horror images. So don't you get it? Ugh. The death of his mom has made him interested in horror. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> but in the mail comes his first brain scan disc. Uh, so he starts playing brain scan disc one. There's supposed to be four discs. Do we know that at this point? No. It's pretty well set up, though. The It explains the rules of the game, or what is ostensibly the, the disc game, that you are going to be watching through the eyes of a killer, yep. and you have to think like a killer. You're going to be taken on a murder, and you have to cover up all the clues. Exactly. And there's this kind of menacing face on the screen with, with glowing eyes, so we later find out it's Trickster, but right now it's just a figure in the video game. And it's going to be done through blinking technology. Blinking technology, which like simulates hypnosis or something like that. It, it's some kind of nonsense. <laughs> Richard Burton needed to be there to explain this blinking to, <laughs> to lower the lower tones. The tones. <laughs> your tones are too high. Brushing you with your wings. <laughs> and Michael thinks it's just an, again he just thinks this is an aggressive sales pitch he's like yeah whatever it, it, I don't care forgetting that he had a seizure <laughs> yesterday when he was on the phone with these people Furlong is so oh he's so bad you just, just have to tolerate him he's utterly utterly boring so the game starts he goes down this CGI tunnel you're gonna be in the eyes of the killer so then we get these like POV shots of someone going into a house and we hear like, Oh, go over there. Oh, go try the gate, try the door. They go into the house. They go into the kitchen they get a knife. They're up the stairs. They're in the bedroom. They climb on top and it's just some random dude. And it's like, kill him, kill him, kill him. And then whammo, it stabs and stabs and stabs and stabs. Yeah. And then takes the foot 
cuts off this guy's foot, which of course is tattooed. So we remember later that there's a severed foot. Like it's just like it was going to be somebody else. There's one severed foot in this movie. (laughs) You don't need it to give it a distinctive scorpion tattoo. (laughs) The look of it is like Michael Mann, uh, Manhunter. Yeah, and if that was poorly shot. Yeah, if it was poorly shot. There's very smoky everywhere yeah and there's and kind of a psycho music playing as I, well dude i wrote the music is very public domain psycho <laughs> yes, absolutely um but yeah he just stabs this guy to death uh his cat watches there's like w- once the killing starts like metal music like really jumps in there's some very jarring musical transitions in this movie so like uh but he takes the foot and he finishes in time because there's like some ticking clock sort yeah. of thing going on here and he snaps up michael snaps out of it Again, covered in sweat, he's just he's breathing very heavily. He's like, "Oh my god, oh my god, that was so intense, that was so intense." That grabs a glass of milk, <laughs> shoves it like crazy until there is white liquid all over his it face. It is Ron Burgundy esque. Like, the amount s- of milk he drinks. I don't want to say it's orgasmic, <laughs> but again. It's orgasmic. He, he drinks milk like no human has ever drank milk, then starts shouting, try that, try that, to the party <laughs> happening next door. Very happy. Very, very satisfied with it. Loved the game. An intense experience. Then he actually goes over to Kimberly's house the next day. He's mm-hmm. just super jazzed about having like killed a dude in this interactive CD-ROM or whatever. Uh, and while he's waiting for her, parents turn on the news, which naturally, it's a film, so it, they have to report on the main character as soon as you turn on the TV. This news report, they have shots of inside the crime scene of the blood on the walls. <laughs> they have, a, they're giving all like holdback evidence That's that cops right. would usually not reveal <laughs> yes. to know which foot was severed and that kind of stuff. <laughs> Very informative newscaster. But essentially, yes, we see the killing really did happen. The details match. This guy who who Michael killed in the CD-ROM was actually killed. His foot was actually taken off, and all these things are actually happening. And, of course, who is investigating? But it's Detective Frank Langella. Frank Langella. And he sees Michael again and again shoes him away. It's like the second time that he just sort of yeah. shoes him away from the crime scene. This is where I started noticing because the closed captioning was on, that uh, Amazon Prime video, which I watched it on. They censor their closed captioning. Oh, really? Yeah. So fucker becomes sucker (laughs) and kick your ass becomes (laughs) kick your butt. (laughs) Good stuff. So Michael goes home and finds, of course, the severed foot Foot in in his freezer. It actually happened. Michael actually did kill him. Uh, Goes up to his room trying to figure out what the hell just happened. And boom, Trickster. Trickster, Trickster, who was the character in the video game who we saw. And he, in a very early 90s CGI scene, comes out of the TV and his CGI guts just sort of like (laughs) form in one little blob like that. The effect of Trickster coming out of the TV as a floating head and then CGI guts, still more believable than Edward Furlong's performance (laughs) at any stage. So Trickster is, he's, I mean, he's a trickster. Sure. But he's basically a mohawked. Semi-mohawked, fanged, heavy metal zombie monster? He looks like he would be the lead singer of an 80s Britpop band. Right. If you made him slightly more of an, a monster. Yeah, darker. Like Longer with actual nails. fangs and shit. Yes. And like crazy long like claw nails and he, stuff. They like want that. him to be Beetlejuice, but without charm. Yeah, there wit. is a Beetlejuice, like a dark Beetlejuice or a darker version of uh, Jim Carrey in The Mask. Although sure. I know that movie hadn't come out at the time. But that's what that's kind of reminded me of. Because he just comes out. 
And he's just this like crazy. He just fucks around. Energy. Drop Dead Fred is another that's, one. Who's yeah, like, that's who I called him at the end. Yeah. yeah. So he comes out and immediately like starts going through Michael's music collection, puts on a Primus song, and just starts dancing around the living room. <laughs> like, I can just imagine the director's just like, look, look who you're with in this scene. Like, dial it up. I need, a, I D- need some energy in this I thing. I need man. something. Give me something, baby. And the guy who's playing Trickster he does a pretty good job. He's not bad at all. It's just there's nothing really for him to play. And again, like his role in this is very ephemeral it's very hard to define like what what he even place he has in the story the lines are shit too like and they're just bad lines there's a part where edward furlong says that was real and he says real unreal what's the difference as long as you don't get caught what what are you talking like, about no, you just murdered someone <laughs> you have to live with that really does make a difference yes i mean it does make a difference let's be honest but yeah trickster he, he basically is like i'm I don't, oh God, it's really hard to say. He promises more murders, basically. Yeah. He tells Michael, you got to finish these four discs. There was four a discs. witness. And there was a witness. So in disc two, you got to play it, and then you got to kill the witness. Um, Michael actually goes out to, he doesn't want to play disc two. He doesn't want to go any further. But, and obviously the cops are on his tail, too, yeah. so he's got that going. So he goes out to bury the foot. Uh, and almost gets caught. This dog does not narc on him. But when Edward Furlong's running, you see he's limping, and I thought, that's a good touch. Somebody remembered that aspect of it. N- not not him or anything, right? <laughs> no, right. But that somebody remembered that. Solid script supervisor work. Right <laughs> as my dad would say, he's got a little hitch in his get-along. So I was like, he's got a little gitch- hitch in his furlong. <laughs> Thank you, Dad. <laughs> uh, that was a good one. But yeah, he buries the foot and a dog steals it, which again is a, a rear window reference. Right. Uh, the dog finding the corpse. But the, the, the physics of this scene do not make any sense because the, the, the dog's owner is standing like right He's next to him. right over. He's just in brush. Just, Whoa, I don't see anything. I don't see anything. Yeah. It's really, yeah. I mean, the movie's pretty dumb. Anyway. So his buddy, this starts a very strange portion of the movie. His buddy Kyle comes to the door <laughs> and is like, hey, dude, I want to play with your interact to see Rom. And he just shoos him away and is like, I'm a dick. Yeah. So then Kimberly comes to the door. She's feeling flirty because she's got a jeans jacket on. <laughs> and he kind of shoes her. He, he, he talks, he opens up a little bit and then kind of shoes her away as well. She's and, like, I put on my good bongo jacket. <laughs> I know, right? Trickster, boom, he comes back in. And he's, again, is like goading him into playing this too. So Michael decides, I got to play this too, but I'm going to film myself playing it and then people will see which this i thought will be again another good touch you, they're thinking of creative things with this yeah, story absolutely great idea so he goes in there's he goes down the weird cgi tunnel again and then snaps awake with no memory but it looks as though the game has been played and we haven't seen what's happened and we don't see what happened it's just a big jump cut and michael gets up and watches the video and sees that he just gets right up as soon as he he goes to sleep. So he this just, is this is Furlong turning on the performance yeah, right. here. What? No. <laughs> what? No. And he goes to the freezer and again finds evidence. That's his. Which I don't know why Trickster wants him to collect. That's his evidence, evidence locker. This it's, freezer. It's just a freezer. It's just sitting on a frozen pizza, and it's like some jewelry that Kyle wears. So he just got up and killed his best friend. Yeah. While this was all going on. Uh, and we don't see any of it. He then calls Kyle to see if he's okay, and who answers the phone at Kyle's house? Detective Frank Langella. Now. And he says, who is it? <laughs> the which boy Michael goes, later. <laughs> and hangs up. <laughs> at which point, 
Legel's like, I'm done with this phone. No thought of a redial. No thought of a redial. Got to question your detective skills there, Detective no, Langella. Like Star 69. You know the R.E.M. album Monster came out in 1994. <laughs> it included the song Star 69. Engage with the culture, Langella. <laughs> Come on. Frank Langella. You your own world. Frank Langella is second build in this above the title. <laughs> this movie's been 45 minutes. He's had two scenes wearing the same suit. It was obviously shot the same day. I think we both agree that Langella, at least uh, as amongst the cast, is undoubtedly the best part 100%. of Cutthroat Island. Yes. And of the box. 100%. He phones it in so uh, he video phones it in. There's, <laughs> I mean, there's like, barely Langella in this phones movie. It in, yeah, and he, it is extremely low energy work by Frank Langella. Kimberly shows up, um, you know, Kyle's dead, and she decides, I'm going to make this guy feel worse. <laughs> yes. I'm going to make him feel worse. She gives him a petition that Kyle had been circulating. For about him. To get the horror club reinstated. Scrawled on the bottom right is buddies forever, question mark, question mark. It almost has the S backwards, like a <laughs> no girls allowed thing. Kyle is played by a 27-year-old man and acts like a seven-year-old boy. Yeah. Like, what? It's a little salt in the wounds there, lady. And again, he kind of opens up to her a little bit and cries, and he talks about how much he misses her. Uh, but it's a really funny scene where she talks about how Kyle came to her house to give her the petition. Okay. Or get her to sign the petition. And she says, my dad didn't want to let him in the house. And Eddie Furlong goes, that's Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Not a guy you wanted to spend time with. <laughs> be near or have in your house. I miss him so. That's Kyle. He's a vampire. You do not want to invite him into your house. So Trickster pops back in and says, you killed the witness, which was obviously Kyle. But boom, there's a knock at the door. And uh, Detective Franklin Jella is there with his partner, I believe is called Sergeant Jacket. Yeah. Because the only notable thing about him is that he wears a jacket. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He almost doesn't even speak. I was writing like, down, you oh, think this guy doesn't like get... doesn't have a lot of lines. Sergeant Jacket, screen time, the dialogue ratio is like out of control. This scene right here, uh, Edward Furlong is begging Trickster to stop this, end the game, yeah. end the game. And he's telling him, no, I'm not going to let you end the game. And then when the doorbell rings, he goes, don't go answer it. <laughs> Or the game will go on. And for a long go, Sands. You had your way out right there. Don't answer that door. But Trickster, you know, he's he's a wild one. Yeah, he has he's... to do something funny. So he's eating a raw chicken. He's mixing bananas oh, and that's hot right. dogs and with mustard. mustard. Crazy eating, a la Cool as Ice. But when is this the part where he sits down to watch the Three Stooges? Yeah, he watches the Three Stooges, which is apparently playing... Every time it cuts to that TV, it is playing not just the Three Stooges. It's like playing that part. It's like just on a loop in his in his uh, living room. There's a shot of Trickster sitting down to watch the Three Stooges where he slouches down in his chair to get comfortable like four times. And I was like, I could watch five hours of this. <laughs> this is great. I know. <laughs> Michael's ready. You know, he he wants no part of this. But Trickster shows him the school paper where Kimberly. Did you see the headline? No. What was that? Like? Kyle Hilliard murdered. <laughs> That's all we need to go with. We're good. And then there's a picture of him like doing finger guns. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Kimberly printed all of his heartfelt 
uh, ramblings and about uh, Michael and says that he was sobbing. I miss him so much. And she put it in the paper. Yeah, exactly. And then there's some blood. He uh, Trickster scratches Michael and the blood brings memories of his mom and out comes disc three. He's just basically dredging up his baggage, goading him, talking mm-hmm. about suicide. Finally says, let's make a bargain between friends. You play disc three. Play disc three. No killing. All you got to do is cover up some evidence, which are some footprints, which are somewhere near the house. And this is where we reinforce the ticking clock. You cannot let time run out on this game. So it's like, okay, that's what's going to happen. There's a very quick scene where there's this like nightmare scene where Michael and Kimberly are just all of a sudden making out. In bed. And they're in bed. And then suddenly she turns into the corpse of the first guy who was very angry. And then he snaps awake. So they just felt they needed a scare there, I'm sure. So Michael goes to the house in disc three, but Sergeant Jacket is there. He's gathering evidence and Trickster actually calls and says there's an intruder. And so Sergeant Jacket gives chase. And again, there's another crazy music transition where all of a sudden it just turns into this wild, crazy animal jungle music. It's just, uh, he's getting, he runs into the forest and he gets chased by this posse. Right. So Franklin Jella there is talking to this assembled group of stuntmen who are playing the neighborhood watch. (laughs) And no one very, gets a sad card out of this one. No lines. No, yeah, no one's got lines. <laughs> and he very explicitly says, if I see anybody carrying a weapon, yeah. I'm arresting that man tonight. So it's like, all right, somebody somebody idiot brought a gun. Something's oh, right. going to happen. I mean, that's just it's pretty obvious. So who catches Eddie Furlong as he's running around? It's Principal Trump. Um, yes. But before he can ID him over the walkie-talkie, he kind of butts back <laughs> into, they're at this construction site. He butts into the thing and a j- little ton of bricks. A ton of bricks. <laughs> so he's That's dead. all set up earlier by the Three Stooges right? videos. This is clever, it's man. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, he's hiding in this construction site. The dog, again, sees him, gives him another reprieve. He uh, gives him a Berkowitzian talk to with the dog. And it seems like it's all kind of winding now, but in watch Sergeant Jacket, who is brandishing his gun in a way that I can only describe as intent to kill casually aggressive. <laughs> yes. Like he's kind of holding it. Like he's just sort of holding it, like he, not really holding it very hard. He's not dressed like a cop. He's dressed like a dad on a, a Sunday ha- out. He has it pointed out and yes. he walks into the scene of a crime scene in the dark, in the dark. And is like, Hey, I'm here. And one of the vigilantes of course is like, Oh my God, that guy's got a gun. Kaboom. Sergeant Jacket's dead. The shooting was not unjustified. No, right. Uh, Detective Franklin Jella. This is the best scene of all. Basically, no reaction. No. He plays stoic disapproval <laughs> like nobody else before. Hands on hips, jacket a little bit pulled back, just looks at them all almost kind of like, you're going to clean this mess up. But he says, now who's going to tell his wife? Yeah. <laughs> and then turns and walks, his dead That's partner is right His there. dead partner. He has like no reaction. It's like, guess I get like paperwork. Hey. You almost hear Langella snoring. In, <laughs> yeah, he, in his line he delivery. is not interested in anything that is happening in this film. Michael is able to slink away in all the chaos, and there's Trickster waiting for him on the TV. Michael tells him, This isn't a game anymore. Ugh. So thank you for catching up, Michael Brower, main <laughs> character. When was this ever a game? Like, it stopped being a game the minute you got a seizure from talking on the phone. Right. Like, that was not a game. So, but anyway, Trickster. Says he wants Michael to kill Kimberly now. Disc four. That's disc four. More, uh, she's she's the last witness or whatever. More evidence is piling up against Michael. As you said, there was ashes and those ashes. There's some something in there. Trickster tells Michael that terror is in the doing. Her life or yours. Choose. 
Michael decides to play disc four. Igor even says goodbye, master, yeah, as he starts ominous. It. So now we're in the game. Michael sneaks into Kimberly's bedroom. Franklin Jella is outside the house. He goes into her bedroom. He's over her bed. He kind of hesitates, but Trickster is sort of goading him on, killer, killer. Uh, finally, it's revealed. He says, don't you get it? Michael, I'm you. Ugh. What <laughs> duality. <laughs> And then swallows him whole. Yes. Michael stabs him and he he gets grabbed by CGI guts, basically, mm-hmm. which like bring him into the body. He pokes out his eyes, which have this green goo come out. And then Trickster, as you said, just unhinges his jaw. <laughs> it's like me at the Golden Crow, baby. He's just unhinges that jaw. <laughs> bring it in. Boom. And he just swallows him whole. And then Michael pops up, and he's now a sort of green-eyed, ash-skin, trickstery version of himself. Mm-hmm. And he looks very menacing. Uh, Kimberly starts begging for her life, and she says, I don't care what you've done. I love you. And the reveal, she also takes voyeur pics of him. <laughs> so Michael is like, wow, true love. You're a creep just I'm like gonna me. I'm going to fight back for that. I'm fighting for that. <laughs> Something to fight for in this crazy fucking world. So he fights back. Trickster pops out of him again because the trickster is basically evil Michael. Yes. Right? I guess. It's a, a what? I mean, fuck. Oy. So Trickster pops out and it seems like, okay, you've won the day. Uh, but who does he let in the door? Langella. Trickster lets in Detective Frank Langella and he is not happy. You wouldn't know it. By any expressions, no. the way he says things. He's not giving you acting anything. in any way, shape, or form. But he's very upset, and he just says, you're a murderer. And kaboom, boom, 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 bow, 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 boom, bitch, shoots him, dead, cold blood, hardcore. But whoosh, Michael wakes up again and says, what the fucking hell? What the hell? Which Amazon Prime says, what the freaking crap? <laughs> That's okay. And he says, what is this? And we see that it appears that he has just finished disc one. Right. He even looks out the door and we see that the party, which was going on when we started it, is now kind of starting to fade out and some people are starting to leave the party. It's winding down. Yeah. So it's obviously just a few hours later on the same night. So we think maybe it was, I get all just a dream or this is all just the one disc and that's the whole experience. It was all a dream. He used to read Fango magazine, <laughs> Leatherface Freddy Krueger in the limousine. That's what I'm saying. Some good freestyle rapping <laughs> inspired by brain skin. Yeah. So he, he never left his room basically. No. He picks up the disc and screams at the disc. You put me through hell <laughs> and throws the disc and then proceeds to smash up his entire room. Just like freaks the fuck out, smashes up his computer with his video butler and yeah. his cool phone. I mean, that's a pretty goddamn good setup. It for was a good like, setup. He had voice command. Yeah. Voice command. In the 1994. And he's just like, I'm going to smash it. Uh, come on. But then who, who calls or comes over? Kyle Stoney, bro. <laughs> Kyle it, Stoney, bro. It's a reunion because he says, Dick Lick. Which, <laughs> <laughs> Amazon Prime said, Dirt Bag. <laughs> Buddies forever, man. Yeah, so he's basically Michael, when he realizes that it was all one disc and this was all his horrible experience, he goes crazy, but then he has this It's a Wonderful Life moment because he realizes, oh my God, life is precious. Everything is back the way it was. I swear to God, my the movie goes on for Kyle another is here. 30 minutes. Yeah. 
So he he is super excited to see Kyle. He hugs him and tells him that he loves him. Uh, he's emboldened, so he goes over to Kimberly's house and asks her out. She does not say yes, but she does not say no. She gives him a maybe and a kiss. Right. But then Michael starts rifling poking around her room because, again, her shit. he's a creepy asshole. <laughs> irredeemable apparently even after going through the brain scan uh and he actually finds that she does take pictures and is he like creeped out at all like this he's nope like, that wasn't part of the dream red cool uh but now we go back to school yeah now it's like the, the next movie that like, can't end is the why end end you stupid movie he gives the brain scan disc to principal trump because remember he's principal trump said you got to bring all of your horror movies through me. Yeah. Like, if you can find something that's worthy, that's a piece of art, bring it to me. Uh, and he gives it to Trump. And then who appears in the room behind him laughing? Trickster! And he just says, I'll see ya. <laughs> what the what? I don't like know. what? That doesn't even, what? I don't know, man. Boom. End credits. And Because uh-uh. Trickster, Trickster that he is, you gotta- pops back in and says, hang on a sec. You forgot about one thing. Dog. <laughs> there was a dog in this movie. The dog. The dog who re- who did not narc on Eddie Furlong two different times uh, comes in carrying the severed foot because the murder did happen. Did, did so Kyle's did. not dead? Is Kyle dead? <laughs> what the fuck? It's <laughs> so dumb. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, it's dumb and it's just dumb yeah 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 so that is the film brain scan the end the movie ends with two of the worst songs i have ever fucking yeah heard. holy but, fuck are those some badass thank 90s. you to amazon prime in the closed captioning it did tell me that this that move <laughs> song at the end summed this movie up perfectly because it says what is the meaning what is the meaning <laughs> it's is like the yeah meaning? thank you thank you song yeah final thoughts on brain scan quirky what is the meaning oh uh, it, it's it's 40 minutes too long. They could have trimmed a whole bunch of that movie out. Kimberly's not necessary. Mm. Trickster's role, uh, while intriguing, falls apart totally at the end. Way over long. Yeah. But it, it didn't have a chance. With because the, Edward Furlong with is Edward just Furlong. Such, a, such a dead. There's just no, yeah. no way that you could yeah. overcome that and, and how disinterested he is and obviously how disinterested everybody is. Whoever played Tricks, I can't remember his name now, but... Uh, T-something Ross or something. Yeah. Uh, whoever, he did a fine job with what he had to work with. But again, I, I think we both had an issue with what the hell is Trickster and why does he want to do any of these things? You know, like I mean, he's a Freddy Krueger kind of figure because he's very jokey and very menacing. They really wanted a Krueger. But... He's not because Freddy Krueger has like kind of a clear like goal in mind. Like it's a revenge thing. And here's the thing. Freddy Krueger is terrifying. Yeah. And then has bad jokes. That's like his shtick. Exactly. This guy, and he's, he's played by ne- T. Ryder Smith, by the way. I want to give, give the actor credit. Give him crap. Give he, him props. He gives a good performance, but he's given garbage to work he's with. He's never scary. He's never, never menacing. Never scary. Never menacing. He's, yeah. Never as funny and jovial and jokey as he wants to come across. Yeah. He doesn't go too far in either far enough in either direction not funny or crazy enough and he's not scary enough on uh, so it doesn't work it's just kind of a right at the same time not a terrible movie no 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 that's that's a thing entertaining enough like i said i i think it had some interesting scenes it had some interesting ambitions to try to make this sort of hitchcockian sort of a horror movie yeah I, again i don't know if it was anything specific because again i don't know that it, it wasn't like a brian de palma thing where i feel like this guy was obsessed with Hitchcock and and trying to comment on Hitchcock, I think it probably was just a rote. I don't know this idiom horror Hitchcock. 
Good point. Rear yeah. window, psycho. <laughs> you know, like it's a hundred percent. It wasn't really thought out in any you know, uh, interesting sort of way. So final thoughts, let's give the ratings to brain scan. Just to remind everyone about our rating system. Run of the mill. Bad film is dare. Next level. Bad film is a double dare and a movie we actually like is a reverse dare. Corky, what do you get brain scan with all of its, uh, severe and numerous faults. I was still going to probably going to go reverse dare on this until the last, until the, like the last act. Yeah. It just totally fell apart. It really Cause I does. gave it credit even though it's so low budget. Uh-huh. And and when you said that that guy, that director is more known for psychological thrillers, that shines through a hundred percent in this. Uh, but I have to give it a dare because it just so completely falls apart at the end. And it cannot overcome Edward Furlong as the lead. No, you, it really can't. It can't, he, he's detestable, man. We we said the Warcraft guy was uh, uh, unlikable because you just can't root for him. He's just yeah. giving you nothing. <laughs> Edward Furlong gives you stuff, but it's not good. It's he, not good. How did he ever become something? I mean, his first movie was Terminator 2. So it was really, just a very popular movie. That helps out. I mean, that was literally the first thing he ever did and kind of dined on that for most of the 90s. I think, <laughs> I think so. Largely agree with you. Uh, I'm going to give it a dare as well. I wasn't really even that close to a double dare. This is pretty much a dare throughout. It, it's just, it's just a bit of a dud. It doesn't quite all come together. I dug the ambition. I dug yes. that there was some chance in there. I I, I like that they took uh, some interesting chances with like the tone and the style of the movie, but they just really didn't have the talent involved to pull it off and there's bring e- it all together. There's even some clever things about it, like the takes on it. Like just, w- I like in Breaking Bad, the first three episodes like cover 24 hours, mm-hmm. you know, because it's all the failures that were unexpected. There was kind of some of that, which is Hitch- Hitchcockian, the trouble with Harry kind of stuff where yeah. he's got to bury the foot. And he's got to right. go cover up stuff. It's not so much about the gore. It's about the damage it does after it and, and the, the paranoia that you go through. Yeah. Definitely not a gory no. horror movie. No, no, More no, of no. a psychological horror Yeah, movie. but... But yeah, boring. But doesn't really work, unfortunately. Yeah. All right, so that's two dares for Brain Scan. Thank you, Scott. So that's all we have for you on this episode of Scare Daniel. But we'll be back in one week. Yeah, you heard me. One week to review another one of your movie scares. Mm-hmm. Until then, send your most sadistic or altruistic movie dares to us at daredaniel.com. And be sure to follow Dare Daniel Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like and rate us on the Apple Podcasts, the Spotify, the Player.fm, the Stitchers, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're not going to judge you about it. Listen to your podcast, <laughs> wherever you want to listen to your podcast. We're not here to get in your face about it. You can read more of my movie reviews on the Dare Daniel website. That's daredaniel.com. Corky, where can people find more of your work? Any CD-ROMs coming out soon? I do. I got a few CD-ROMs. Uh-huh. Uh, they're an AOL tie-in. Do so they simulate they, hypnosis? They, lo- they log you on to the information superhighway. <laughs> you can catch me at the Sacramento Comedy Spot Saturdays, Fridays. Come take classes. Come watch me in shows uh, with Anti-Cooperation League and Masters of Rap Improv. Sweet. For Dare Daniel, I'm Daniel Barnes. Our producer is Johnny Flores. He's a trickster. Yeah, trickster. And I'm Corky McDonald saying, hey, Daniel, What's Johnny, up? buddies forever. Buddies forever? Buddies forever, dick lick. <laughs> 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 <laughs>